There once was a museum with a special gift. Talk about things and products that are no longer here, and then make people want them again. Thank you for visiting Discontinued on Display. Please remember to remain with your guides and remain from eating or drinking or touching dead things in the museum. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Season 3 of Discontinued on Display, where we are talking all things Discontinued TV. My name is Matt Brown, and as always, I am joined by the wonderful Chris Corrigan. That's right. Hi, everybody. I finally got that intro down, where I would always like like leave you to say your name, and it was always really awkward. I've just determined that I can just introduce you. You can. And, and that's As fine. you should. It's, it's <laughs> as you should. Um, that's just a way better way to do it than me trying to. I don't know why, like, I felt like I was taking something away by, in, like, introducing you. <laughs> no, I should always be introduced. Okay. Have you seen the, the there's a Futurama episode that where where it's they're doing like a roast or something like that. And it's like, and now a man that needs no introduction. And he sits down. He's like, <laughs> he's like, <laughs> he's like hey, get up there. <laughs> It's one of my favorite jokes. <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. <laughs> um, so today I'm Matt, Matt, um, this season has curated a little bit more of what we were talking about. Um, in the past, usually I I got really excited about toys and food. And I was like, let's do this, let's do this. And then at one point every season I would calm down and go, wait, wait, wait. Matt, what would you like us to talk about? Because I've just gone way too crazy. And he's he's Matt. He's always along for the ride. He is he is totally chill. But this time I was like, we need to record. And he was like, oh, I have a whole list. I was like, I'm going to not be me. I'm going to just let tell, let Matt tell me what we are talking about. I had like two things I want to talk about this season. And I'm leaving it those two. And I'm going to let Matt and, of course, your lovely audience tell us. And when you told us the first two, we've already done Firefly. And then this one, I was like, I was really excited for today's because I actually am a fan of this show. Matt, what are we talking about today? We are talking uh, the... Uh, the show Pushing Daisies. Not just the show Pushing Daisies. The, I need to point this out right out the gate. The multiple Emmy Award winning show Pushing oh. Daisies um, that won primetime Emmys for Outstanding Art Direction, um, Outstanding Costumes. They did have great costumes. Outstanding Makeup. Uh, Kristen Chenoweth won for Outstanding Supporting Actress. So it's worthwhile noticing noting that this had an all-star cast. Um, outstanding Directing, um, Picture Editing, uh, music composition and um i most of the cast was nominated several times um well, it Kristen won, Chenoweth, it won Lee Pace. Eight, 18 awards in total seven of them being primetime emmys like this this show was was rocked it yes. and and it it was a very unique show so um uh, it was touted as a forensic fairy tale and yeah. it was this very uh, you know, it, it had it was very eccentric, uh, very quirky. Like the characters were a little bit weird. Um, 
the dialogue was very fast paced. Um, you know, wordplay and metaphors and other stuff were often used in episodes. It was a very clever show. Super I've seen a couple clever. episodes of it. And so while I'm not a fan of it, um, I, I, I remember seeing a couple episodes of it and it, it's very, very unique. And I mean, it's also, they had this I shouldn't say strange, but just amazing cast and people that like, I mean, back then they were still coming in, like not coming into their own, but like they were a couple of like the major players in this show were are people we look at and go, oh my God, that person's huge. Like Kristen Chenoweth, Lee Pace. Um, But then they had like Ellen Green, who's extremely famous for being the original original Audrey in Little Shop of Horrors and both the movie and Broadway, like huge names behind this project. And I, I think that I found in a lot of my research, a lot of these canceled TV shows have ridiculously good casts mm-hmm. like where you go, wow, how in the world did, did people not like clamor to this? like clamor to this? So well, that's part of the, that's part of the thing with TV too. So I've. One of my favorite TV shows of all time, and we will not talk about it this season because they had their full run. I just realized we might be able to talk about this in a way, and I might ask you about us talking about it later, but we'll get to that later. But the Golden Girls, um, which R.I.P. Betty White, my actual idol and somebody I look up to in life. um, Betty White was specifically the person who said this. She was doing an interview later in life, a panel about Golden Girls, and said, when you're an actor, you get handed horrible scripts left, right, and center. And people seem to think that, like, good casts and good directors and money thrown at a show is going to make it. It does not matter how good those things are. If the scripts aren't good, if the content isn't good, it isn't going to hit. Now, I say that with the caveat of Pushing Daisies was very good content. And I guess real fact, we didn't really, we said it was a forensic fairy tale, but we yeah, didn't really. Please describe what this show is for those of, you that, those of us that have no idea. Pushing Daisies is this extremely fantastical universe. And so like I mentioned it, one for costumes and makeup and stuff, because it, it's a very brightly pastel show. It's a very beautifully designed show. And it gives you this feel of, because it's set in like a, technically a modern place, but it's it gives this very in unmodern feel to it. And or not on modern feel. It's a modern feel, but they stylize it to the perfect extent to make you feel like this is some other universe. This is some other world, but it functions by our rules. And uh, Lee Pace plays Ned, who runs up essentially a diner. They, they call the pie shop. He just runs this pie diner situation where you go and you eat his delicious, delicious pies. And Kristen Chenoweth works at the pie shop and is in love with him. But Ned is in love with a woman who has died, and her name is Chuck. Um, And Ned has this weird magic ability that if he touches something that has died, it will come back to life. And if this, I can't remember the timeline on it. I think it's if they're alive for like a minute. They have like a minute. So if he brings them back for over a minute, they will stay alive and someone else somewhere in the world will die. Um... But if he touches them a second time, they will die, no matter if it's been a minute or not. So what Ned has the ability to do is solve murders by bringing the corpse back to life, trying to ask as many questions as he can in a minute, and then touching them again before a minute is up so that they will pass away again. Um, 
But Ned, obviously, his girlfriend dies and he touches her back to life and someone else dies because he never. And then the it's this weird, it's this cute little, I can touch you, but I, or I can't touch you, but I want to touch you. And so they find all these creative ways for them to like show affection. Like, I remember there's this one where they kiss each other through a piece of saran wrap. Um, <laughs> or like, they'll have like, like there's a, there's, I know a moment where like they have like these monkey sculptures and like instead, like they have the monkey sculptures kiss because they can't, otherwise she will die. Um, and so it's just a crime series where like every episode he solves a different kooky, weird murder with this police chief who loves pie. Um, and, um, is, is that his only, like his character trait is that that's he loves the biggest pie? character trait. He was this sassy gentleman who was real stone face and he liked his pie. Um, and he knew that Ned could bring people to life and, and kill them again and uh, not kill them again, but like that he had this power. I, I know what you meant. Um, and so the, the, there is this like overarching story of Ned Chuck and their relationship and some other, like what their drama is because Chuck's aunts are part of the story. And then Kristen Chenoweth is. So there's this small, like, internal drama that's happening in the pie shop while Ned runs around awkwardly solving murders and trying not to get found out for having this ability. Um, and it's, it's, it's a, it's a great take on a form of media that we as a culture eat up like the detective in this show ate pie. <laughs> we as an American culture love a detective drama. We talked about it, um, in the last episode in Firefly when Matt was talking about the lineups on Fox today is like, and then you got your, your typical detective, like there's a detective drama, but this took that well and changed it. I mean, to th- to like you have CSI and then mm-hmm. you had CSI Miami and CSI. Uh, uh, there's apparently a CSI Vegas. Didn't know that. Um, then you have law and order law and order SVU law and order criminal intent. Like you've got, um, uh, NCIS, NCIS, LA, NCIS, New Orleans. Um, you've got, um, I mean, there's always a cop show. I think Nathan Fillion is actually on a cop show right now. The rookie I think is early. Maybe that was a show. I don't know. I feel like I saw some ads for that. Uh, blue bloods, I think was a show. I think Tom Selleck was in a, a cop show. Tom Selleck, I think. Oh no, wait. Wait, Tom was Selleck, I think, was movie? in Blue Bloods. Okay, great, great. So I'm thinking of I'm I'm thinking of the same show, um, but but yeah, we love we love the crime shows. I mean, I remember I was a big fan of Psych. Um, oh, did Psych you ever watch Psych? Show. I've um, seen a couple episodes. It's a very good show. Love that show, like that, like the solving crime. We 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 love that kind of stuff. Monk. Um, that's another uh, one that 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 we really, really like. So, I mean, there's a thousand different takes of the crime detective show. And I think that's what was so, what blew me away about this show was how unique of a take this was mm-hmm. on, on this, this premise. type, this, this premise. Because if you were just telling me it's another detective show, I'm like, you, cool. Like whatever. I understand why I got canceled because you know, it's, yeah. It's the same thing of what we've seen, but it's the same thing and yet different. And they would they would do coot like I mean it's a murder mystery show, but it's not like it's not like special victims unit. It's not like there's a hooker dead behind the dumpster and there's a serial killer on the loose and it's uncomfortable and creepy. Like this took it and camped it up. Like one of the episodes I remember very vividly is 
I might not exactly remember what was in the vat, but there was a, a confectioner, a candy maker who was like drowned in a vat of taffy or maybe it was chocolate or something. But like they would do these wacky, ridiculous things. And part of it was is they had to make it so that the corpse couldn't blatantly tell Ned I was killed by blank. They needed to make it so we had to like try and like get the taffy out of their mouth or like they're they got burnt really bad. So they're talking weird and like. They did a really good job of making this campy, but also heartfelt with that relationship that he has with Chuck um, and the drama and the that wrapped around that. Um, well, and and I think the whole like the reason why they call it a forensic fairy tale, I think that it does have this whimsy and absolutely and it had a narrator. Yeah, and the, yeah, the narrator to it, like I, I think that makes it like you're not seeing that in your normal cop show, and mm-hmm. so I, I really credit the writers of this show that they they really seem to to kind of capture what they were the the genre they were going for, and it was this very unique unique genre that I, yeah. I really I don't think has ever been duplicated to my knowledge. No. Um. And it did this other thing, and it just it just hit me that it did this, that a lot of 2000, because this show was a show from the 2000s, that a lot of shows in the 2000s did, where <laughs> there was this narrator um, who was either a character in the story, a character who has died, and there was always this end montage with a lesson. They did it in Desperate Housewives. They did it in Scrubs. They did it in Pushing Daisies. It's oh, this I, huge thing. I remember that from Scrubs was like, oh, you know, we, we go through this. And then, you, you know, you, you'd think that sometimes with life, you need to just slow down and just, you know, enjoy the good things. And they like, you know, do a montage of people enjoying the good things. Yeah. And they did that in Desperate. I remember Desperate Housewives. I think Grey's Anatomy used to Wait, do it. Desperate Housewives did that? I've never watched Desperate Housewives. So, so. okay. I was a big Desperate Housewives fan when I was little. Um, it started jumping the shark too much and I stopped watching. But um, what was the moment in Desperate Housewives that jumped the shark for you? I fell out of it in season like five right around the time there was this tornado that like impaled a character it just it got weird and then like it, later in life i went back and kind of read what happened i'm like there was a plane crash in the town ta- in like the suburb like a plane crash into the cul-de-sac i was like what is happening um but the <laughs> also main- you could have said any event and i would have been like oh okay <laughs> like, the day the just hippo made- came yeah um <laughs> But the show was narrated by one of the housewives who in episode one, the first episode starts with one of the women in the neighborhood committing suicide. Oh. And it's her narrating her four friends' lives and tribulations as they live through this very strange existence. And she would wrap up every episode. Her name is Mary Ellen. She would wrap up every single episode, just like JD would wrap up Scrubs. This nameless narrator would wrap up Pushing Daisies. Um it was a weird, popular thing to do. We don't do that anymore. But that was a big thing we did in the 2000s with our TV shows. Hmm. I'm trying to think if there's any other TV shows that I can think of that that did that kind of like wrap up. Doesn't, my- didn't Sex in the City do that? Uh, again, you're you're. <laughs> I never watched that, but I, I feel like yeah, wasn't wasn't Sarah Jessica Parker's character like didn't she, she always was, narrate the end? Probably that she was like a journalist. Because wasn't she like writing things about yes, these she's a four ladies? Yeah, I think she's a journalist. We're gonna get some hate mail. I, sorry, that's one that I never jumped into. 
Uh, you know, uh, we're not saying that the show is bad. We're just saying that we. I'll say didn't, it. No, I don't know. I'm kidding. I don't know. <laughs> we're just saying we didn't get into Sex in the yeah. City. Like that's that's it. We can't be into everything. I mean, we could be, but then we couldn't go to work. Yeah. So I'm quitting my job to become an expert in sex, sex in the in city. The city. <laughs> that's now that's that that is a resignation I want to be in the room for. <laughs> um. So pushing I, daisies. Um. <laughs> So the so pushing daisies goes for about two seasons. Um, so they got a lot more than Firefly did. They got their whole first and their second series. Ultimately, it looks like the ratings weren't there. It just I I feel like it was probably too weird. No, did did you see why? I read into this a little. Oh bit. Oh my gosh! Please tell me why. Why so, am I upset? So um, no no nefarious things, unfortunately. Um, so it 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 premiered in two thousand seven and stopped in two thousand nine. Um, but, um, in what happened was there was a, um, a hippo uh, shut up in the cul-de-sac. There was, no, there was a writer's strike. And I remember the the writer's strike. So the gap between season one and season two was really, really long. And, and so it lost its momentum. Uh, I mean, think about what we would have done if we would have released season one of this podcast and then waited a year and a half to release season two. No one would still be listening because they all would have been like, well, I guess they did the one season and then stopped where you have to like keep this momentum going in a show of like, okay, we ended our fall season. Now we're on a break, but we're back next fall. And then people like, oh, yeah, this show. I love this show. Whereas it seems like what happened was the ratings dove because the people who remembered the first season have a lot of them had just fallen off. And so you just had this really small group of fans that were then coming back to season two. And you know what? Like, it's funny. This might be jumping it a little bit. Had Pushing Daisies been like a Netflix show, that would have been fine. Because think of how long it takes for like The Crown or The Witcher to come out. Like years between those seasons. But people are like, oh, it's back. Yeah, but I I think that I mean that is one of the changes here that that um these big series and especially a series like The Witcher of the Crown their production value is just through the roof that you need the time to be able to I mean you're, you're I don't know Matt they're bringing people movie. back from the dead on pushing daisies like I mean that's got to take some money to be able to stop some, like put stuff make someone's heart start again after you've murdered them <laughs> for the purpose of entertainment oh yeah yeah that's exactly what's happening you that's know, how that works drown them in a vat of but, taffy <laughs> Lee Pace actually has magic he's an actual magical human being <laughs> I, I have a huge crush on Lee Pace I do believe he has magic um, if Lee Pace wants to come on this podcast, I just, I already advocated for Jenna Fisher and Angela Kinsey. Uh, Lee Pace, please call is me. That, I don't have an agent. You can call me direct. Is, this, is that this season's bit? We're just going to invite every famous person from a TV show onto every our pod? Famous, but we didn't invite anyone from Firefly. We just invited people from the office while we were talking about Firefly. <laughs> I mean, I, I guess if Nathan Fillion wants to come on our podcast, you know, that's no, no. fine too. He doesn't get to because we didn't invite him at the right time. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, uh, uninvited. <laughs> Maybe we can insert, you know, a, a, a retroactive invite okay, into the fair. episode. That's okay. Fine. Anyway, anyway, this is never going to happen. I don't know why I'm wasting time on this. Um, but it, and this is another one of those, you know, last episode it was kind of this nefarious thing. This seemed like this is one of those just stupid, dumb things that happened that is just unlucky. 
that kills this show because I could very easily have seen this as a show that continued on for uh, for, you know, four or five seasons and done very, very well. Mm -hmm. But it it just happened at this time of the writer's strike. And I'm sure this isn't the only show around that time that saw a preemptive end because of of the writer's strike. And, and that was the only thing I could find. Like, otherwise it, it, uh, you know, it, it, it didn't seem like there was anything nefarious that went on. I mean, clearly again, the fact that you talked about it, you know, seven primetime Emmy awards, 18 awards overall. I, I think this is clearly something that, that, that people were liking. Yeah. And it, it, you know, it didn't seem like any of the cast was like trying to sabotage each other. There was none of that. Like it, all the interviews that I read said the cast really liked each other. They're hoping they were hoping to, you know, get back for a reboot or, you know, Lee Pace said that. And it, I don't know, like, and the, well, the problem is the big problem is, is the sh- show ends on a cliffhanger. Yeah. So what is the, what is the cliffhanger that it ends on? Oh God. So, well, so here's the thing is, so I think they tried to spin it off that, that the ending was like this hope for the future and it like to, to make what they filmed look like, Oh, this is just an actual ending. <laughs> look, this is how we decided to end it. <laughs> so the big thing is, so his girlfriend dies. She has a funeral. This woman's aunts are main characters and think she is dead. They cannot stress that enough. And so Ned has to hide her Chuck from her aunts for like yeah, yeah, the okay. entirety of the ser- series. And in the final episode, he decides he's been being greedy and selfish and keeping Chakra himself when in reality he should be sharing the joy of having her back. Like with people who can actually physically interact, like her aunts can like hug her and like show her this like this love that he can't. Um, And so he brings her to her, her aunts live together and he brings her to her aunt's house. And the last scene is knock, knock, door opens. Ant's jaws on the floor. Chuck is smiling. Cut to credits. Like that's it. That's how it ends. Yeah, that's not a real hope for the future. That well, there was like there was an end narration that like explains okay. that like oh, and now they can all like be happy and like da 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 and like there's hope to move forward. But that was as a result of the show is not going on. We need to like give them something. But yeah. I've heard that like some of like in lieu of a reboot, they've talked about a movie. But then what the show creator really wants. I'd be down for is a musical. Oh, heck yeah. Especially because like I know like Kristen Chinawith could knock it out of the park. But like I'm pushing Daisy's musical. A musical about a man who solves murders by bringing people back from the dead and can't touch his girlfriend. Heck yeah. I'm in. I'm in. I'm seeing that right now. I'll see that yesterday. Um, I will fly to New York. Actually, I would I would kill right now. Um, they're doing the Music Man on Broadway with Hugh Jackman as Harold Hill, and what? I, I'm a, oh, I forgot you and I've connected about the Music Man. I I would I would kill to see him play Harold Hill, kill oh. too. But yeah, I'll go watch a Pushing Daisies musical. I thought the show was brilliant. Um, now, of course, I did what I always do is I hit oh, eBay. eBay. Um, was there, there merch is, for this? Uh, not that I can see. But there is a disturbingly expensive item. Oh, really? Um, it's Lee Pace's Kleenex. I'm kidding. I'm totally kidding. Oh. <laughs> um, it's um, somebody is selling, and I cannot stress this is not worth this much money. Someone is selling Pushing Daisies, the complete first season, 
for $699.99. What? People, that's a scam. It's not worth that. Somebody else is selling Pushing Daisies, the complete second season, for $103.32 with $7.89 shipping. Do these people live in reality? <laughs> no, they live in the magical world of Pushing Daisies. Um, um, they must. And there's a lot of like, like, okay, I you can get the first and second season on used on Blu-ray with really cute covers for $39.99. That seems a little bit more reasonable. That, but also, I feel reasonable. like I could go to Goodwill or- Or like half-price books. Yeah, or like half-price books and probably find this for like a dollar or two. Yeah. Um, <laughs> absolutely. I don't need to spend. Yeah, this this. I mean, the idea of TV shows getting merch is is not something that like you know you know network TV isn't really trying to like give merch no. to their shows. Well, that's not one hundred percent true because you're also we're talking about the Office would have been out during this time. The Office had a lot of merch, but I mean, it's a time in our history of television where shows are beginning to get merchandise. Like I remember we talked about it. Desperate Housewives had a computer game. Yes, I played it. What, what did you do in that game? You were a housewife who moved in, and I don't remember. I just remember, like, I think you murdered someone or your Ooh. husband had murdered someone, and you, you were trying to, like, navigate. I don't remember it very well. I just know that it existed, and I owned it, and I played it. Like, I'm going to own up to my sins here. Uh, I'm sure we will all. Okay, hang on. The Desperate Housewives. <laughs> wow. Okay, Wikipedia. <laughs> it is. Okay. It, the game. Oh, this is a very sexy cover. Um, all right. The plot. The, uh, sorry, we're going off topic. The game begins when a family moves to Wisteria Lane, a successful doctor working at Fairview Medical Center, a wife with a forgotten past after a jogging accident, and their son. Edie Britt first introduces the wife to Wisteria Lane and visits Bree Vandekamp. Who's that? Oh, that's uh, Cross. Monster Cross, yeah. Um, who invites her to gossip to her house along with the rest of the characters. A pair of brothers then visit the house... Okay, yada, 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 yada. Your character then progresses the episodes, completing tasks that range from gardening and cooking for your family to discovering the secrets of the neighborhood. Uh, the doctor's wife must battle off a love rival to her husband, his secretary, Jackie Marlin, who stops at no cost to get what she wants, and the cranky neighbor, Etta Davenport. Wow, she must deal with the antics of her unruly 14-year-old. Uh, we also find other residents aren't as nice when they see when a private investigator shows up. Oh my gosh. Wow. PC Gamer in the US gave it an 85%. Yeah, I, I remember playing it. I I remember thinking, who is this for? <laughs> like what woman? But, like the show is not targeted to the people who are gonna play this video game. <laughs> but that was also, think about it though, like that was also the time where like computer games and things like that are becoming more mainstream. Yeah. And, and, and like, I could see that. I could see that having a market. It was just the weirdest that but does... I have played it. Oh man. Uh, that'll yeah, be, that'll uh, be our special between season three and four. We'll find it again and we'll do we're, a play along. We're going we're gonna to live stream the desperate housewives game. <laughs> Hey, go on, go on eBay. Can you find it? Is it on Steam? Of oh God, if it's on Steam, hold on. Oh gosh, hold on. I'm gonna look whether it's on Steam. I'm, okay, I'll go to eBay. I know it's not. It has to be on eBay. No, it's not on Steam. Someone call Steam. <laughs> Steam. There's an, a, a game that you're you're missing out on billions. Okay, we of can dollars. get it for thirteen dollars, five dollars. We can get it for cheap. We could get it in a set of other games. Done. Um, 
done and we'll do a live stream of it. Uh, the only request is, Matt, you have to play it. <laughs> I already have. I'm, I'm, well, you, you'll come with me. Like, we'll do this together. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'll be your angsty 14-year-old son. <laughs> I'm going to play all these, like, I have thought about live stream, like Star Wars games, some strategy games. I'm going to have, like, this following of that, and then I'm going to come on with the Desperate Housewives game, and then everyone's going to be like, what in the world? <laughs> Unsubscribe. <laughs> um, but anyway, Pushing Daisies. Um, did not have a video game. Did not have a video game. No, they didn't really have a lot of merch. I think that's probably due to, I guarantee you, had the show gone for longer, probably would have. Like, I could have seen some really cute wall art, or, like, probably, you know, like, recipe books are really popular. Like a push, like a pie recipe book based with like pictures yeah. from the show, like stuff like that. I think that especially like it could have had like a coffee table production art book because the art design, the set design, the costume design was so stellar and so unique. If you haven't, go look it up. I'll try and post some pictures in the pod, um, pod Instagram because it's just, it is very, it is a very beautiful show. Um, so I think we have to beg a question at this point. Yes. Would you say, Pushing Daisies should come back. I think it should on these grounds. I cannot think of a show that has come out. And again, we have so much, so much content that is this show just like reincarnated. I can't think of a show that it's, that it's like. And so I feel like if this gets rebooted, it's not like coming into a like, oh, yeah, no, they're just this was the first. Yeah, but they're just trying to capitalize on this show and this show and this show yeah. and this show's popularity. Like, no, you could bring this back either by rebooting or continuing on and you would be fine with. You you would have kind of your own genre so to speak i, I it, it's quirky enough we love quirky things like we're a society i think love like quirky characters that whole like fairy tale type thing we, i mean we love our fantasy type stuff like mm-hmm. this is kind of like a fantasy grounded in reality i i think it would work today i think it would totally work i think the problem we're gonna hit here is the how because i'm not a hundred percent sure I have to check something here that everyone is still okay. No, you're still alive because 15 years have passed. So a lot of these care, these actors are probably noticeably older. Um, I'm worried that some people might be dead, which but is again, what I'm currently making sure. No, she's not re- dead. Reboot wouldn't necessarily mean you have to come back with the same cast. Um, you could, but very- that almost feels like a disservice to these actors. I mean, or you do kind of what we suggested with, um, with uh um uh uh, uh what have we talked about last episode firefly um where you bring back maybe one or two of the actors and then everyone else kind of gets um you know you, you fast forward ahead 15 mm-hmm. years and you kind of give a quick recap of what happened in the last 15 years and now a new event happens that now makes it so this has to happen i don't know like i'm not a writer of a tv series um, I feel like it would be just based off of how it ended and needing to explain that away because you can't just pick up where you left off. So it feels like you almost need to start again, right? Or you need to, um, how am I like trying to word this? You either need to start it again or you need to 
like with a whole new cast or you need to do the premise but different like so like i think it, it was in this episode i'm starting to lose track of existence um when i talked about one day at a time it's the exact same show it holds the core premise of it is this family a divorced mom they're living in, together in a smaller space and they're taking it one day at a time uh boo but i think you could do that with that might be what you do with pushing daisies is there is we we have to forget about Ned and Chuck. Sorry guys. And do a new person who isn't a pie maker who even even you could do something that didn't have the exact same like premise, but somehow I, I feel like there's something here in terms of like the genre, the visual, the visuals, the 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 quirkiness. Like you have the, all of this stuff as the skeleton, and now mm-hmm. you just need to kind of fill in some of the easier stuff, like characters and and what motivations they have. It, you you have the world that clearly works. It's just now inserting the the story elements into it. Did you know, fun fact, I just clocked this, that Kristen Chenoweth has only won one Emmy Award, and it is for Pushing Daisies. Interesting. She's, she's never won any other Emmy. She's been I mean, nominated, but for, like, the Tonys, and like, hosting I, I the was, Tonys or something. I was going to say Tonys, probably. But she's is. done other shows. Like, she just did Schmigadoon. Oh, that's right. Which is a really cute show. Oh, did you, uh, did, did you uh, see it? No, but I listened to the entire soundtrack. And the soundtrack is killer. I've heard great things about it. It's another one that I just I haven't gotten around to watching, but pe- people who have watched it have have told me great things. It's it, it's a very good cast, and it is a very very good um, words. It is a very good um, soundtrack. Soundtrack. I, they they did such a good job of pairing. And as someone who like you played orchestra, you pay, played pit for musicals. I think you'd appreciate it. Oh, I'm I'm sure that I would. Um, it looked like something I would appreciate. Mm-hmm. It's just again, like the 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 age of there's just so much content, and I just I, I don't always have time to consume it all because yeah. you know I have like a family and a job, you and do? I do this, <laughs> all these things. So yeah, I mean, I, I I think that's the tough thing about, and I think the tough thing about bringing back any TV show after such a long time is you you do beg the question of. Is that fan base still there? I mean, yes, you can argue this is a show that should should have gotten more time in the time period that it was in. But now in 2022, if you decide to even reboot it or continue on with the story, is that fan base there really outcrying for it um, enough that they're going to flock to watch it? I don't know. I don't think they'd have the fan base anymore, but I think they could re, you know what I mean? I think they could re get it. Yeah. Oh, I hear you. Recapture. Thank you. <laughs> um, anything else on pushing daisies before we close up shop for the night? No, I think that's it. This was a, this was such a lovely trip down memory lane, like relooking into the show. Um, please don't pay $700 to watch season one. I like the show and it is not worth that. I'm sure you can find it somewhere for much Go to cheaper. your library. Yeah, your local library probably has it too. Really just um, visit your local library in general. You know what should else that, they sh- You know what should, else they should visit, Matt? What? 
thesorcerersnetwork.com. Yes, sorcererenetwork.com. You should absolutely go visit. Uh, if you missed my tease last time, uh, the Sorcerer Network now has a home online. So you can find all of our podcasts. Does it have a home on the range? Um, I feel like I need to do more home on the range content. It, it, okay. Okay. Did that hurt you to say? I'm, I know I'm going to say this quietly. It, secretly, I'm becoming a little bit of a fan of that movie. Are you really? Like, I, I love that yodeling song. Yes! And, and I mean, the movie's horrible, <laughs> but it's the kind of horrible, like, in a good way, oh. to where, like, like I kind of want to show more people home on the range. It's the new, it's the new, uh, what was that, um, what is the Tommy Wiseau movie? Uh, I don't know. Yes, you do. It's the it's that horrible movie they made a. Oh gosh, it's the one. It's the it's the. Oh, hey, Mark. I have no idea what you're talking. You don't know about. what this is? Oh my I, gosh! Hold I have on. No idea what you're talking I mean, about. But anyway, so I, I I'm sorry. I'm still talking quietly. I, I'm I'm so scared to admit that because I still think the movie's an abomination. The room. That's what it's called. The room. I thought. Oh yes. Okay. Yes, I know. Yeah. See. Yeah. 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 yeah the room. The room that they the, the movie that they made a movie about of yes 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 with James Franco. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so anyway, no, I don't think there's going to be any home on the range content, but uh, other content, uh, you know, it, you'll be the first to know about. You explore that website, you'll be the first to know about any like merch that we decide to do or um, new podcasts that come out that you might like, um, new knowledge that we drop on you with our wonderful blogs and articles and other stuff like that. You mm-hmm. know, again, this is a project in its infancy so come along for the ride be be a founding member uh in our inaugural fan club i don't know um but yeah you know um i i i personally like i would just appreciate it like it, this is who's a- the leader of our club who's made for you and me m-a-t-t-b-r-o-w-n matt um so yeah just personally if if uh, like uh, uh, that's this is a personal project so i personally would appreciate if uh you all supported it um and just as you support this podcast so chris if also if they want to find us specifically they can go to the sorcererenetwork.com where else can they go um you can go to this really sketchy part of the internet called the dark web and if you type in our full names and social security numbers you can find no i'm kidding um you can go to discontinue. What are you doing? I'm checking Twitter. <laughs> I thought you were like Googling the dark web. I'm like, no, Matt, don't. <laughs> um, dark web. <laughs> how do I get 80 pounds of anaconda eggs? <laughs> um, you can find Matt and I on Instagram at discontinued on display, on Twitter at discontinued pod. Or, of course, if you want to do it a little bit old school, be OG about it, you can hit us up at our Gmail account. Um, by reaching out to us at discontinuedondisplay@gmail.com, we love hearing from you. We love hearing what you like, what you don't like. Um, if you have ideas for episodes you'd like us to do, um, if you have um, a season idea, like we're always happy to to hear what you think of for that. I know we already have um, an episode suggestion from a couple of our listeners, um, so please never hesitate to share those with us and. Um, that's where you can find us. Did you have anything else, Matt? No, I think I'm good. I don't have any more plugs. Um, I mean, you know, I have so many things going on that I can just plug them. Is all, that but... why it's dark? You don't have a lot of plugs? <laughs> Zing. 
Do you want to narrate uh, a lesson that we learned in this podcast out? I'm sure. putting you on the spot here. After minutes and minutes of talking, the the Sorcerer Network maker learned very quickly the mistake he made in asking Chris to do a podcast with him because of his god-awful puns. Haven't we all learned that here today? Sleep well, everyone. Thank you for listening to a Sorcerer Network podcast.